What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Between the Lines Sports Podcast. Today, we'll be talking about college football week 14. Past week, go over the games, um, our picks, and the results. And then we're going to get into this upcoming week. we got a short schedule again due to some games being canceled due to COVID. Um, but we'll get into those after we talk about these ones. Yeah, so last week uh, we had some games. The first game we had was Ohio State at Michigan State. Ohio State was favored by 24. We both took Ohio State to win and cover, and they did. They ended up winning 52-12. to 12. It really wasn't that close, honestly. Um, Ohio State just completely outclassed out this year. We know Michigan State's rebuilding with Mel Tucker. They've gotten a few good wins at Michigan and against Northwestern at home, but really no match for Ohio State. They just pretty much were in cruise control from about the end of the first quarter on. Probably could have scored more than 52, but kind of took their foot off the gas. Uh, not much I really saw out of this one other than what we expected to see. Yeah, I think, again, just kind of shows how dominant Ohio State has been, uh, you know, the past couple of years and, you know, continuing to show that dominance. And, you know, Michigan State, like you said, is going through a rebuild right now, so they're a little down this year. But um, it's about like we expected. All right, the next game we had was Texas at Kansas State. Texas was favored by 10. I took Kansas State to win straight up, which was a huge mistake. You took Texas to win, but Kansas State to cover. I think we both saw this game going differently than it did. Texas ends up winning 69-31. to 31. They could have scored 100, honestly. They had 66 going into the fourth quarter. I think this is what happens when Texas is clicking. I mean, Kansas State's not a bad team by any means. They've had some good wins on the year, obviously winning at Oklahoma. Um, taking Oklahoma State to the wire, only losing by two. They have pretty good defense, so I wasn't expecting this. But, like you said, Texas just had it going from the beginning. Their scoring drives were really quick. They hit a bunch of big plays, had over 600 yards of offense, I believe. Just really played well. And um, this ended up being their last game of the year because they canceled their game this year, this week against Kansas because of uh, ongoing numbers and, and positive tests. So, Ended up being a big uh, season finale for them as they absolutely dominated Kansas State on the road. I've said it many times. I think this is just kind of screamed Big 12 football. Um, you know, we both last week thought it was going to be a pretty close game because, you know, both these teams have been pretty good. You know, in the Big 12, one team could show up and one couldn't, and then they'll absolutely get hammered. Or it could be a shootout or, you know, we don't – typically see low scoring games in the big 12 anymore, but just so happens Texas brought their a game and Kansas state didn't. Yep. All right. So the next one we had was Oklahoma state at TCU. So Oklahoma state was favored by two and a half. I took TCU to win straight up. You took Oklahoma state to win and to cover two and a half. I ended up being right on this one. I told you on the podcast last week, if I picked them both, one of them would hit. So luckily I was right. TCU, like I said, I thought they were coming on strong. They've been playing really well. Uh, Max Duggan, their quarterback, really playing well. Uh, he's really fast, really, uh, I don't know, underrated speed. He can really run their offense well. Obviously, their defense is pretty solid. And TCU ends up winning the game straight up 29-22. Um, just like I said, Oklahoma State obviously is pretty explosive on offense. But even this year, they're not as consistent there as they have been. And their defense is pretty vaunted. It's been talked about as being improved and that kind of thing. But they're just not really reliable, in my opinion. They can't really get a stop when they need it. Obviously, giving up 44 to Texas Tech last week in this game. They got a big lead. They got ahead 14 to nothing or 13 to nothing, I believe. And they just squandered that pretty quickly in the second quarter. So, um, 
not really surprised. I thought TC would win the game straight up, according to my pick, too. So, uh, just another one of those things. TCU, they just seem to have certain teams in the league's number right now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think TCU is playing good. I think Oklahoma State is also playing good. And, um, you know, again, talking about Big 12, for the most part, you know, the top six teams probably could probably beat each other on any given day uh, with, you know, when they show up with their A game or whatever. But um, I definitely saw Oklahoma State pulling this one out. But like you said, you picked TCU, so you saw it a little differently. But uh, I think it really could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, toss-up for sure. And just I think TCU is a little hotter right now. But Oklahoma State still had a pretty good year. So we'll see how they can finish out this week against Baylor and what bowl they end up in. So uh, the next one we had was Nebraska at Purdue. This one was one of the more surprising ones to me this this past week. Obviously, probably not that surprising to a lot of people. But just with how inconsistent Nebraska has been, Purdue's kind of been on the up and up, even though they did blow the game to Rutgers last week. Uh, Purdue was favored by two. We both took Purdue to win and to cover, and Nebraska pretty much dominated this game. Dominated this game from the beginning. They were up seventeen to nothing before the end of the first quarter. Um, they kind of did what they normally do, though, when they get a big lead. They kind of play conservative, don't really run their same offense, and play not to lose. And it kind of almost bit them again, but they were able to hold off Purdue this time, thirty-seven to twenty-seven. Really impressed with what I've seen from Nebraska lately. They played a lot better. Um, they fought really hard at Iowa last week. Again, that's a moral victory, but still, Iowa's looked like a strong team this year, and they were driving to to win that game before they turned it over. And then this week, they played pretty well and shut down a Purdue offense that's played pretty well. Obviously, Purdue ends up getting 27 points, but some of that was when the game was already decided at the end and Nebraska was in control. So, really impressed in Nebraska. They seem to be playing a little bit better here as the year starts to wind down. Yeah, I think you kind of hit it on all fronts on that one. Uh, just went completely different than I thought it would. I thought Purdue was going to dominate the game. It was pretty much the complete opposite. And, um, you know, Nebraska got a lead, and it was never really in doubt. And like you said, Purdue just put up some points late after the game was kind of already out of already out of reach. But uh, just went a little differently than I thought. All right, so the next one was another Big Ten game that we had. It was Penn State at Rutgers. Penn State was favored by 10. We both took Penn State and the points, and they covered. The final score ended up being 23-7, to but honestly, it felt a lot more lopsided than that. Penn State was in control the whole time. Rutgers, obviously, is an improved team. Shiano's got them playing a lot better. They've already won two games this year. But Penn State just, I mean, I think they're getting it going now. Obviously, they didn't blow them out or anything like that, but just dominated from start to finish. Defense is really playing strong. They've got Clifford back in there playing quarterback for him, and he's playing a little bit more consistent and just moving the ball up and down the field. So, wasn't surprised by anything here. I thought Penn State would win and dominate this game, and that's what they did. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, giving Clifford that bench for a little bit and then bringing him back, he's really kind of bounced back and got his head right. Uh, and they've played a lot better since he's come back. Um, they've been able to run the football better. They've played better on defense. Um, so, I think it's good for them to, to get these wins late in the season. For sure, and they are playing better, so we'll see what happens there down the stretch. So the next one we had was one of the bigger games of the week was Indiana at Wisconsin. Wisconsin was favored by 14, and we both picked Wisconsin to win, but Indiana to cover, but I think the game ended up going how we both thought or both hoped that it would. Indiana ends up winning 14-6, to really a defensive slugfest. Both teams have pretty strong defenses. Indiana was just uh, the better team in this game, 14-6. to 
moved the ball pretty well. Obviously, we know Penix is out for the year, but they were still able to go on the road and get this big win. So, really just uh, good to see a team like Indiana, maybe uh, especially with Tom Allen now becoming a player in the Big Ten East. Obviously, Michigan's a little down right now. Penn State's a little down this year. Obviously, Ohio State probably one of the top four teams in the country in their same division, but we know Indiana already took them to the wire this year. So, Indiana, a really strong team. Obviously, they're not going to get a chance to play for the Big Ten Championship due to circumstances and that loss to Ohio State, but just really playing well. And I, I was surprised how how dominant they were in this game, holding Wisconsin only six points at home. Really impressive. Yeah, for sure. I kind of actually thought this one was going to be a little bit of a shootout, um, but well, scoring points, but uh, again, Indiana's out without their starting quarterback, so maybe thought I was going to go so I was going to find a way to pull it out, but um, you know, Indiana played a really good game uh, like you said, held Wisconsin at six points, it's real impressive to do, especially with their team and how explosive their offense has been the last few years um, so I wasn't surprised they covered, I was surprised that they did win, but um, looks like they're more of a complete football team than we probably thought, you know, losing your starting quarterback is never really a good thing. You know, a lot of times it can knock you out of, you know, winning games or not, but it doesn't seem that way for them. Yeah, for sure. So, um, good to see that playing really well, and, and hopefully they'll be – and they might squeak into a New Year's Six game, and that would be fun to see because I think they give a lot of a lot of the top teams a challenge. So, it'll be fun to see okay. who they get matched up with. Uh, let's see. So then we had West Virginia at Iowa State. Iowa State was favored by seven. We both took Iowa State to win. I took Iowa State to cover. You took West Virginia to cover. I thought that was going to be end up being a pretty good play. I thought this would be a more of a low-scoring game. But Iowa State was dominant throughout this game. They ended up winning 42-6. to six. Really impressive what Matt Campbell's done there. This Iowa State team is really solid. They've only lost two games all year on the road to Oklahoma State when they were rolling by three. And to Louisiana in the first week of the season, back when we didn't know how this was going to go, if we were going to end up having a season or whatever. And obviously, Louisiana is really good at nine and one and in the top 20 themselves. So, really nothing to shake your nose at or, or to look down at right there. Iowa State just dominant in this game, got up 35 to nothing. Um, we're just rolling the whole time. And th- what's so impressive about this is, is obviously they still have the Big 12 championship game coming up, not this week, but next. But this is the first time that they've won their conference outright since 1912. It's only their third conference title, regular season conference title, in their program's history, which is just remarkable. And it makes it even more impressive what Campbell's been able to do in such a short amount of time there. They're really consistent, really solid, just a team that nobody wants to play because their defense is just bend but don't break. they got some real hard hitters on that side. Purdy makes some great decisions at quarterback. And their running backs and is, just a, is just a bulldozer to try and tackle. So really impressive. And and they were dominant in this game on Saturday. Yeah, this one went a little differently than I thought. Um, definitely thought Iowa State was going to win, but I did think it was going to be a little bit closer game. But, uh, you know, they dominated finish. Uh, you know, held them to a shutout to the fourth quarter, so that was real impressive. Um, so it is Iowa State and Big 12 Championship, right? Correct, next week. And they're both yeah. off this week because their opponents – uh, yeah. Well, Iowa State finished their schedule, and West Virginia had to cancel on Oklahoma. So now that's set, and they both have an off week to play again. Yeah, I think that's going to be a really exciting matchup, I think, in the year. Uh, obviously, the records speak for themselves, but even on paper, I just think those are probably the two best teams in that conference. So I'd like to see them go head-to-head, and we'll get that here in a couple weeks. 
Yeah, for sure. It'll be fun to watch. I'm already looking forward to that. Uh, so then we had Clemson at Virginia Tech. Clemson was favored by 22. We both took Clemson to win and to cover. And they ended up doing so 45 to 10. But they were kind of sluggish in this game. I think Virginia Tech, this is kind of maybe their last stand. We know Fuente's been the, – there's been some rumors and some talk about his job lately. They were four and five coming into this game, and they really played really hard and competitive. I mean, um, late in the third quarter, it was 17 to 10. Clemson was driving, and Lawrence threw a bad pick in the end zone. Virginia Tech got the ball and, and looked like they were going to keep the game competitive, and then they turned it over like the next play, and the floodgates broke open from there. Clemson ends up scoring four, unan- four unanswered touchdowns in the second half, and actually they scored the last 38 points of the game because Virginia Tech was up 10 to 7, but Clemson closed out strong, and Lawrence kind of got his groove going there in the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter and looked really impressive. Yeah, like you said, I think it probably gave Clemson fans a little bit of a scare uh, at first, but um, Clemson was able to, you know, rattle up some points at the end of the game and uh, make it pretty much a blowout. So um, I think that was good for them. I think they needed to kind of keep blowing people out to keep that playoff spot in intact um, because Texas A&M and Florida both look really good. Uh, you know, all all of them all have a loss. So um, it's going to be exciting to see who makes the four in the final cut. Yeah, for sure. We'll find out here in the next couple of weeks, but a lot of good football going to happen in between now and then. So, But Clemson uh, just pulled away and looked dominant there at the end. So we'll see if they can maintain it moving into the AC championship game next week. So the last game we had that was non-SEC was one that came together on Thursday of last week. BYU at Coastal. BYU was favored by 10. We both took BYU to win and to cover. Other than that Nebraska-Purdue game, this was probably the most surprising result to me on the weekend. I just really felt like BYU was going to dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. I thought they were more physical and better. I didn't think Coastal had seen anything like they were going to see in this game. And I think I and I guess we'll both say we were very wrong on that front. Um, Coastal, either BYU was just didn't play their best game or Coastal's a little better than we both thought, even though they are undefeated in the top 15 now. They played a really good game, and it was back and forth. A lot of people are saying one of the better games of the year just because of the circumstances it was thrown into and how good that game ended up being. You had BYU driving. On the last play of the game, they threw a, uh, like a middle slant across the middle. And the BYU receiver got to, like, the one-yard line and got tackled and, and wasn't able to get in. But still, uh, I was very uh, surprised at the end result of this game and that Coastal was able to win it. Yeah, I was surprised, too. Um, I mean, it, it probably – I mean, other than the purdue Nebraska game, even though that was surprising to me, I think this one just really surprised me a lot more. Just, I don't know – I mean, we talked about it a lot um, about Purdue. Like, didn't really think there was any way they were going to lose this game. I, I think, I don't know. I think, I think there's two things. Coastal is better than what we thought they were, even though they're a very good football team. We knew that going into it, but I do think that play their best game on offense, um, and defense gave up some points and could never really catch up. But uh, I just think it was a rough game for them. Um, I don't know if it was necessarily that Coast just had their number and was, you know, kind of predicting their moves before they made them or what, but uh, it was just a really um, surprising result at the end of the day. 
Yeah, I agree. And one of the more egregious things I've seen this year in college football happened in this game at the end of the first half. Zach Wilson for BYU dropped back to throw a Hail Mary. Coastal intercepted and started running it back. And two defensive linemen for Coastal, like, drove Zach Wilson into the ground, like, three separate times. A huge brawl broke out at midfield right before half, and it was an ugly scene. But I don't know if the Coastal guys got thrown out or not. They definitely should have. It was pretty bad. I mean, there's a lot of videos floating on Twitter about it and stuff. And Coastal kind of acted, I don't know. You could tell that they hadn't been there before. They're still kind of got that chip on their shoulder thing, acting kind of high schoolish, if you ask me. I mean, the way their players were chirping, their fans flipping double birds every time you saw the camera and stuff. It's just, uh, I mean, yeah. they're having the season of their lives there. We'll see if they can repeat it. I doubt it. I'm guessing Chadwell's going to probably be out at the first chance he gets the big job. So, I don't know. But, obviously, they're having their year in the sun here in the spotlight. We'll see if they can do it again. I'm, I'm – Doubtful that they can, but hats off to them having a really good year this year. But that was one of the things that really stood out to me was Wilson pretty much getting his head driven into the ground three different times by the coastal lineman. It was not a good look. Yeah, yeah, I saw a lot of those twos. Um, you know, just kind of undisciplined football. It's hard. You know, they're uh, I don't know if they lack maturity it or not. Me a lot of going to. Uh, on a local level, like a UTC game, something like that. Like just people yeah. just have no idea how to handle any kind of success or I don't know with class, right. but we'll get away from that. So we don't get into trouble. Um, the next, so we're getting into sec recap last week. The first game that we had sec was Texas A&M at Auburn. A&M was favored by seven. I took A&M to win and Auburn to cover. You took A&M to win and cover the points. So you ended up being right on both fronts. But this was a really competitive game. Uh, Auburn held the lead going into the fourth quarter, uh, 20 to 14. A&M was able to uh, kind of win the fourth quarter, outscored Auburn 17 to nothing, looked really dominant and really finally kind of got it going in that quarter, really moving the ball well. Kellen Mond looked a lot better in this game than he did against LSU the week before. So um, to A&M just really impressive to this point. Their defense is really solid. They can really run the ball. I think that's their strength, even though Mon's a veteran uh, passer. I just think their strength is running the ball. So they were able to do that in the fourth quarter and pull away, and they, they look really impressive in this game, winning 31-20. to 20. Yeah, for sure. I think they uh, they kind of need to find a way to win this game, of course, to stay in the playoff hunt. And I think they need to make some noise as far um, you know, covering their spread and stuff, make, the, make a case for the end of the year to get there. Their number called for the playoffs, but um, it wasn't really a bad game to watch overall. Um, went about kind of how I expected, but, um, you know, I think they're both pretty good football teams. For sure. I mean, A&M took Auburn's best punch for three quarters, then A&M's experience and just uh, veteran players at the end pulled away. So, like you said, a good game, and it was a good start of the Saturday. So the second game that we had SEC-wise was Arkansas at Missouri. Missouri was favored by three. We both took Missouri to win and cover. Missouri did win. They didn't cover. They won by two. This was a really back and forth, kind of a wild game. Uh, Arkansas got ahead by two touchdowns early in the fourth, 40 to 26. Missouri fought back, and then from there on, it was matching scores, matching scores. Arkansas scored a touchdown with about 40 seconds left to go ahead to go to make the score 47-46. They decided to go for two as opposed to kick an extra point. They get up 48-47 when they convert it. Then Missouri is able to get in field goal range and kick a field goal on the last play of the game. Just really impressed by both teams. I mean, these teams are way further ahead, I think, than anybody ever thought they would be this year. 
obviously Missouri now they're five and three and ranked number 25 in the college football playoff ranking. So that's super impressive. And Arkansas, although they are only at three wins still, that's really impressive for where they're at this year. So just the biggest thing I took away from this game was just how impressed I was that both offenses are able to move the ball as well as they are. And just the athletes on the field, I think both are kind of on the up and up in the league right now. Yeah, I think both of these teams are kind of ahead of schedule on, uh, you know, their development. And Missouri's having a really good year. Uh, I don't think people really expected that, especially how they start off the beginning of the year. And they lost to Tennessee first week and then – or uh, not first week, uh, second week, right? We played that second week, South Carolina first week. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a little surprising, but – um, if you had told me that these two teams put up almost 100 points combined, I would have probably called you a liar. Uh, just not typical. Maybe 70 points or so. I kind of saw that. I think we saw – what was our score predictions on that one? 38-31 and 28-17. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot more points scored than that. A really entertaining game. like Going for that two-point conversion and stuff. So, it was wild. For sure. So, really good game. Uh, the next one we had was South Carolina at Kentucky. Kentucky was favored by 11.5. Kentucky ends up winning 48-16, to 16, so they blew that spread out of the water. I took Kentucky to win, but for it to be a 10-point game, and you took Kentucky to win, but to cover, so you got that one on the spread. South Carolina is just a team that looks like it's a shamble, a, a kind of a skeleton of itself. A lot of people opting out, a lot of players maybe checked out. And we know now that South Carolina named their new coach, Shane Beamer, on Sunday morning. So, they just didn't really have that much to play for. They had already said they were going to not play in a bowl no matter what the circumstance. Um, so, not really surprised. Kentucky, obviously the better team this year. They were able to run the ball pretty pretty much at will in this game. And just kind of ho-hum. Um, not much from this. Kind of a boring game as far as college football games can go. Kentucky was very dominant from start to finish. Yeah, this is about kind of how I expected. I know South Carolina's got a really down year, a bunch of guys opting out, like you said. And, uh, you know, I just think Kentucky was the better football team, you know, prior to the game even starting. So I just kind of saw it going that way. But like you said, it was kind of. Yeah, definitely the one I was least interested in on Saturday. Um, the next one we had was Alabama at LSU. Alabama was favored by 28 and a half. I took Alabama to win and cover. You took Alabama to win and almost cover, but not cover. So we were both pretty accurate in our assessment there. Alabama ends up winning 55-17. I think they could have scored 170 had they wanted to. They were at 45 with uh, nine minutes to go in the second quarter and kind of gave LSU some mercy. I think this is a statement game for them. Obviously, they're a much better team than LSU this year. They're a better team than pretty much everybody in the country this year. They can move the ball better than any team I've really seen in a long time, and that's saying something when they've had Tua and they moved on from him. So just really impressive how well they can move the ball. Their defense is really kind of coming into their own, so they look like a force to be reckoned with uh, right now. Yeah, um, I think they're the best team in football. Um, You know, I'm sure somebody in the college football playoffs will give them a game just because I don't think they've seen – um, a team close to that yet, but I mean, like you said, they can score pretty much at will against everybody they've played. Uh, their offense is elite, even without Waddle out, who's probably one of the best receivers in the country when he's healthy. So, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they win it this year, but um, definitely hoping somebody can knock them off. 
Yeah, we'll just have to see, but doesn't look like that's going to be the case for right now. All right, the last game of the weekend was uh, the game we were most tuned into. Obviously, Florida was favored by 17 at Tennessee. We both took Florida to win, but Tennessee to cover, so we hit that one. Florida ends up winning 31-19, but it was a lot closer game than that for a lot of the game. If you watch, that's not just being a homer. That was the case. I mean, Tennessee scored a touchdown with about nine minutes to go in the second quarter to make it a 7-3 Tennessee lead. They're really hanging around a lot longer than a lot of people thought. They played pretty well. Defense really shut down Florida better than anybody did this whole year, has done so far this whole year. Obviously, it kind of looks stupid saying that when Florida still scored 31 and had over 400 yards passing, but it was the first time that uh, in the entire season that Florida had back-to-back three and outs. So the first time all year in game 10 for them, or sorry, game nine for them, that they had had back-to-back three out, three and outs on uh, offense. So Tennessee did find a little success there. Um, you know, they found a little success with their freshman quarterbacks. I think it showed that – or their freshman quarterback and then their reserve quarterback, J.T. Shrout and Harrison Bailey, both showed some good things, I think. Either one of them uh, has a chance next year, all along with Caden Salter coming in. I think it'll be a good quarterback battle, and whoever wins you'll feel confident in. Um, obviously, Eric Gray continues to shine. Ty, Chan- Ty Chandler showed some fight. Um, there were some flashes from pass rushing. You had Tyler Barron getting his first sack. Um, but obviously, Florida is the better team. Kyle Trask is a veteran. He knows where to put the ball when the blitz is coming or the pressure's coming. He always has the answer. He knows where to check down to. So um, hats off to Florida. Really good team this year. Offense is really elite. I think maybe one of the best ones in the country right there behind Alabama. Um, So just a really tough matchup for Tennessee, but really proud of how well they fought. Obviously, it was 31-7 to at one point, but still started the fourth quarter. Tennessee engineered two 90-plus yard drives. People can say it was prevent, whatever, but Florida still had their starters in there and were running some blitzes. So it wasn't like they were trying to let Tennessee score either. So I think those are a couple of other encouraging things. Obviously, it's moral victory, sounds like, but not quitting, continuing to uh, spread the ball around, move the ball, and that was when Shrout was in the game. So I think there's some positives to draw from this, but at the end of the day, Florida ends up getting the win, and now they're uh, one step away from getting to that Alabama game and SC championship. Yeah, I was uh, I was real impressed with how Shrout and Bailey both play. Um, you know, they both play pretty well, put up very similar stats, but – um, as far as our offense goes, you know, we took care of the football and, um, you know, especially games like that, you can't afford to turn the ball over because they're going to make points out of it. So I think that helped in, uh, making that game closer than it probably could have been if we played like some similar weeks. But, um, you know, I think our defense held them to two yards rushing in the first half. And then at the end of the game, they had 19 total rushing yards. I know they threw for, you know, almost 450, but um, holding under 20 rushing yards is very impressive. So I think there's a lot of positive things to come out of this game. I, I mean, anybody in the country knows Florida is the better team on paper, uh, you know. Um, so it was good to see us go out there and show some fight and, you know, not pretty much writing off the season just because we've had a, a rough year and um, we know Florida is the better team. So I think we got a lot of good things to look forward to for next year and, um, it was just a. It was actually watch. I mean, I didn't expect us to win. Glad we played as good as we did. Yeah, for sure. So hopefully, you can carry it over to the next two weeks. Maybe get a get a win this week against Vandy, and then see how they can battle Texas A&M in two weeks. So hopefully, they can keep improving on it. But 
with that being said, this week, after this week's games, our totals are straight up. I'm 124 and 44. Blair is 123 and 45, so we're still neck and neck there. Against the spread, I'm 87, 77, and 2. Blair is 80, 84, and 2. So still pretty tight races both ways right there. But that's where we stand after week 14. All right, so hopping into week 15 now, we have the first game we have on the slate is Illinois at Northwestern. Northwestern still hanging around at number 14 in the college football playoff poll. Even after losing that game to Michigan State a couple weeks ago, Northwestern is a 14-and-a-half point favorite in this game. I think this one's a little tricky. I think Illinois is a little better than we think. They won that game on the road at Nebraska. They've been really competitive in a lot of their games. They jumped out to a 14 nothing lead over Iowa this past week, even though they did end up blowing that. Northwestern is kind of a solid but not explosive team. I think that they're going to win this game pretty easily, but 14-and-a-half, I think this rivalry game, Illinois going to try and make a statement here. I like Northwestern to win, but I like Illinois to keep it within 14-and-a-half. Okay. Yeah, I like Northwestern in this one as well. I do think they'll cover. Uh, I just think they're good on both sides of the ball, and I think they'll be able to – keep Illinois to kind of some low scores. And, you know, I know, like you said, Northwestern's not really an explosive type team, but I think they'll put up enough points to cover this one. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's the case. Obviously, I really like Northwestern, don't like Illinois, just in a rivalry game, we'll see. But um, the second game we have this week is Minnesota at Nebraska. Nebraska's a 10.5-point favorite. This one's also a little tricky. I mean, Minnesota's not been very good this year, but Nebraska's been really bad at home except for the Penn State game. They really can't really hold those big leads like that. Um, If it was at 10, I would feel a little more comfortable taking it, but I'm still going to take it just because the way they performed on the road at Purdue and Iowa the last couple weeks. So against my better judgment, I'm going to take Nebraska to win and to cover the 10.5 at home. I just think they're the better team. They're playing better. Adrian Martinez has been playing better for them after being benched and kind of sitting behind Luke McCaffrey in Minnesota. I mean, they just had Bateman opt out again, even after he'd opted back in, after he had opted out in August, just kind of a drama scenario up there. The quarterback, Tanner Morgan, he's got some experience, but I just don't know who he's going to share it with, and Minnesota really has struggled on defense in this uh, reboot of a season. So I'm going to take Nebraska to win and to cover the 10-and-a-half. Yeah, I think Nebraska's played a lot better the last few weeks. Um, so I like them to win and cover this one at home. All right, an agreement there. The next one is a classic. Um, actually reading a book about it right now. It's America's Game. It's the one that just uh, even the casual fan can watch and get behind Army versus Navy. This one's a little special and a little different this year because with all that's going on, the game is at Army. Um, so I think that definitely favors Army. They're going to have the cadets in the stand. They might even – I think they're letting the midshipmen come from Navy too, so – that's awesome. It'll be a really good scene. I can't wait to watch this game Saturday afternoon um, in and around the Tennessee game. So uh, we've got Army favored by six and a half at home in this game. And while I do think Army is the much better team, obviously this is a kind of a slug it out. They both are on the exact same thing. They know what each team's going to do. They know each other's personnel inside and out. Um, I think that's a, a big number for this game. And Like I said, Army is the better team by far. Navy's really struggled this year. But – just because it's six and a half, I'm going to take Army to win by a touchdown. So I'm going to take Army to win and cover. I would not be surprised if it's a field goal or even closer game. I just see Army winning and finding a way 
to cover that six and a half just because they're a little bit more talented and a little bit more solid this year. But like I said, can't wait to watch this one on Saturday. Yeah, I agree. I was kind of hoping you were going to take Navy to cover just so I could hopefully make a, a pick back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think Army uh, playing at home is going to be a, a big advantage for them. Um, I think they'll win. I do think it'll be a close game. I, I see it, you know, within 10 points, but I think they'll cover the six and a half. All right. The next one is a pretty intriguing matchup, too. You got number 17, North Carolina, at number 10, Miami. Miami's favored by three and a half at home. Miami's only loss on the year still is at Clemson. Um, I think this is a really tough one to pick. I think North Carolina's a better offensive team. I think Miami's a little bit better defensive team. I'm going to actually take the upset in this one. I'm going to take North Carolina to win straight up. They just came off the tough loss two weeks ago to Notre Dame at home where they played really well. Uh, they really blew out, obviously, an undermanned Western Carolina team last week. I just – I don't know. For some reason, I'm, my head's telling me North Carolina's going to win this game, so I'm going to take North Carolina to win straight up. Yeah, I differ on this one. I think uh, I think Miami's going to win uh, and cover the three and a half. I like them at home. Um like you said, their only loss is to Clemson. So I think they're a really good football team. I do think this will be a close game for the most part, but I think Miami will do something uh, in the fourth quarter to kind of cover that spread and win the game. Yeah, I could see that. One thing that's sticking out in my head about this game is that now Miami has no chance to make the ACC championship game since they canceled Clemson and Notre Dame's last regular season game. So how much does that play into their head? How motivated are they, especially in this year when – Bowl games are kind of up in the air. We don't know which ones are going to stay, which ones are going to get canceled. Obviously, they don't really have a chance for the college football playoffs, so they could come out, like you said, motivated and, and win the game. But I just see it maybe North Carolina coming out with a with a with more of a, um, a hunger to play this game. So who knows? I could see you being right too, though. So sometimes you just got to mix it up. But, um, yeah, I just think that's an interesting dynamic. Miami's had a really good year, but they have no chance to make the championship because of the way the ACC commissioner – canceled those games so that's interesting to me but the next one we have is Wisconsin at Iowa it's a pick em. Um I'm going to take Iowa at home I like Iowa I don't like Wisconsin just personally but I think Iowa's the better team I can see Wisconsin really having a bounce back week after how Indiana handled them but that being said I think Iowa's defense is solid too I think Wisconsin's going to have a hard time moving the ball consistently and I really like Iowa's running game. I think their quarterback's a little more experienced and has played well to this point. He does have a tendency to sometimes throw it into tight windows and throw an interception, but for this game, I'm going to take Iowa and their experience to win out. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think Iowa's going to play um, better. I think Wisconsin um, might be in a little bit of a rut after losing last week. Um, you know, they could bounce back like a lot of teams do, but I just think Iowa is going to find a way to win at home. Okay. The next one's a little tricky number. We've got Michigan State at Penn State. Penn State's favored by 15 and a half. Um, Michigan State has obviously struggled except for a couple games this year. Ohio State just blew them out. Penn State, though, they've really struggled at home. They haven't played well. Um, they haven't won a game at home. In fact, um, I don't know. Clifford's playing better. Their defense is solid. I see Penn State winning this game, but I'm going to take Michigan State to cover just because I think that's a really big number. Michigan State's probably their last game of the year. Um, I just see them playing well, going out, trying to go out on a high note. Uh, so I see Penn State winning, but I think it's a competitive game and Michigan State covers. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think 15 and a half is a little too much. Uh, you know, given how Penn State has played this year and then given how Michigan State has played this year, um, you know, they've both played really bad, but then both played pretty decent. So I do think Penn State will win. I don't think it will ever be in doubt, but I think 15 and a half is just too much. All right. The next one we have is USC at UCLA. USC is favored by three. This is another one I'm taking UCLA to win straight up. I think UCLA has been playing better. They've won three in a row. Um, their first two games were losses by three at Colorado, who's undefeated, and by four, I believe, at Oregon, who is obviously very talented. They've really started to click the last few weeks. Um, they had a big win on the road at Arizona State last Saturday where they got up 17 to nothing and then had to score late to take the lead again and win. Uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, their quarterback, is just really dynamic, electric. He's really hard to um, tackle in the open field. He's like a jitterbug. Got a lot of weapons on offense, and their defense is actually playing better. So I'm going to take, especially since USC has been playing with fire lately, I'm going to take UCLA to win straight up. All right, I differ a little bit on this one. I think uh, USC is going to win this game. I think they've been playing, um, you know, just kind of finding ways to win. Uh I don't know. I mean, I could see UCLA winning, but something in my gut's just telling me USC and uh, for them to cover. Okay. And the last non-SEC game we have this week is Virginia at Virginia Tech. This game was actually scheduled for September 19th, but when the season first started, Virginia Tech had a lot of issues, so they had to move it to the last week of the year. Virginia Tech is favored by two. It's another one. I'm going to take Virginia to win. Virginia Tech has really fought hard the last few weeks. They're four and six now with close losses over the last three or four weeks to Miami by one. Clemson was 35-point game, but they played a lot closer than that. I just wondered how much wins left in their sales. And Virginia has won four in a row. They're five and four. They're really playing well on offense. Their defense is starting to play better. And I just really like Bronco Mendenhall, uh, how hard those guys play. So I'm going to take Virginia in what's almost a pick game on the road to win. Yeah, I like Virginia in this one as well. Um like you said, I think Virginia Tech might be a little gassed. They played really tough, close games here recently, and uh, like you said, Virginia's you know rattled off several wins in a in a row. So I think they're playing really good football right now. So I, I like them to win this one straight up. All right, so now we're going to get in this week's SEC games. We have the first one is at noon on ESPN. Alabama favored by thirty-two against Arkansas. Alabama obviously clicking on all cylinders, can score pretty much at will. I think that's going to be the case in this game as well. I think they're going to have a big offensive day. But I think Arkansas is going to fight. We've already seen that out of them this year. They can move the ball pretty effectively, especially if Franks is back this week. I see them having some success and keeping it within that number. So I think Alabama is going to dominate and win the game. But I think Arkansas keeps it within that number. I'm going to take Alabama to win the game. I'm going to take them to win 52-28. to So, Arkansas covers that number pretty comfortably, but Alabama has a field day on offense. So, Alabama wins 52-28. Yeah, I, I think I've picked against Alabama on the spread um, a couple times this year just because they've been so big, and they've covered just about every one of them. Uh, so, I'm going to take them to win and to cover. Um, I just don't see Arkansas being able to stop Alabama at all. Uh, there's not many teams that I think could. Uh, let's see. Let's say, hmm, let's go 52 to 17. All right. So the next one we have is Georgia at Missouri. Georgia is favored by 13. I really want to pick Missouri to win this game. 
Um, they're playing really well. Their offense is clicking. Georgia's kind of, what do we have to play for? We can't get to Atlanta. Um, obviously, they played better last week against um, – or two weeks ago against South Carolina. This past week, they got canceled against Vandy. Oh, man, my heart really wants me to pick Missouri, but my head says Georgia's going to win. So I'm going to take Georgia to win, but I think Missouri keeps it within the spread of 13 for sure, and I think Missouri could win this game outright. They're playing really well right now. They just are finding ways to win. Their offense is really moving the ball well right now. Their defense is good enough to give Georgia some problems. I'm going to take Georgia to win the game um, 34-31. I think it's really competitive. I think Missouri gives them a scare, but in the end, Georgia pulls it out, even though I'll be hoping for the alternative. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I'd really like to see Missouri win, uh, but I think Georgia will just be a little too much for them. I think Georgia wins, but I do think Missouri covers. Um, I think it's going to be a really competitive game. Um, back and forth for a little bit, I think. Uh, Georgia might just get a turnover or something to kind of give them that little boost that they need um, to win. Um, let's see. Let's say 27-17, Georgia. All right. Next one we've got is Florida, favored by 23-and-a-half at home against LSU. I don't think this one's close or competitive. LSU just uh, yesterday imposed a self-bowl ban in a year where the bowl doesn't really matter. They're going to be three and six when they lose this game they're talking about maybe starting max johnson over tj finley this week i just i don't see this game going well for lsu i see florida trying to get some payback for that game last year i see florida winning this game pretty comfortably i think florida will win something like 49 14 going to make a statement trying to continue to throw up the big numbers try and win contrast the heisman trophy in the last game before the game against alabama i see florida dominating and winning 49 14 something around that area yeah, I'm pretty much right there with you. I think Florida's going to hammer them. Uh, I think LSU is kind of at where they're not really playing for anything. They're just kind of showing up. Um, you know, Florida's another one of those teams that still has to prove something to make their case to get into the playoffs. I like Florida in this one, 46-13. All right. Let's see. So the last non-Tennessee game we have this week is Auburn at Mississippi State. Auburn is favored by seven. Mississippi State um, is playing a lot better. This might end up looking really stupid, but I'm going to take Mississippi State to win this game straight up. It's at night at home. Um, They've been playing so much better. Will Rogers is really coming into his own. Um, Their defense is good enough to give Auburn some problems. And Auburn just so inconsistent. They kind of they, they put a lot into that game against A&M last week. They came up short. Obviously, that's going to be deflating. Um, I don't know. I just – I really – I feel like Mississippi State's going to win this game. I think it would be low score in a defensive battle. I think Rodgers makes enough plays to the air. I think Bo Nix maybe makes a turnover or something too late for them to overcome. And I'm going to take Mississippi State to win the game 24-20. to 20. Yeah, I differ a little bit on this one. I definitely hope Mississippi State wins the game. I would love to see that, even if it makes my pick wrong. But I think Auburn's going to win, and I do like Mississippi State to cover, but just so I can try to make make up a a spread pick here, I'll take them to cover, let's say, uh, 28 to 20. I think it'll be close. 
All right. So the last game of the week is Tennessee at Vandy. This line has moved up now, but I'm going to go with the one that we had at the beginning of the week, and I wrote down Tennessee favored by 13 at Vandy. Um, this is Homer, obviously, a little bit, but I just really feel like Tennessee's going to play well this week. They've had all every opportunity in the world to quit to this point, and they haven't done so. They continue to play really hard, um, get great effort, I think, with the new quarterback stepping in. The offense is going to have a little, uh, a little juice about it. Obviously, they've still been able to run the ball pretty well. I see them just playing well in this game. Vandy's pretty depleted. I think they only have 45 scholarship players on the two deep. Um, obviously, Vandy's going to play hard. It's a rivalry game. It would, uh, Even though they're winless at this point, it would make their season to upset Tennessee's apple cart and try to expedite change for them at the head coaching position. Um, I don't know. I just don't see it going that way. I see Tennessee being motivated and playing hard, and I think they're going to try and, and beat Vandy pretty soundly. I'm going to take Tennessee to win this game um, 34-10. to 10. I just really like this spot. I think Tennessee, this game being moved for Tennessee was maybe a good thing, especially after getting to get the freshmen some experience in Harrison Bailey against Vandy last week and Shrout getting some drives under his belt. So I like Tennessee to, to play strong this week and to win the game 34-10. to 10. Yeah, I'm pretty close to you on my score prediction too. I think Tennessee's going to win 31-10. to 10. Um, You know, their defense has played really good, played pretty good against Florida with the exception of the past game. Um, but, again, Florida is a very elite offense, and they're very good at throwing the ball. Um, and like you said, Tennessee hasn't really or acted like they're just showing up, so that's always encouraging to see. But um, I think they want to make a statement here. I think they, you know, they played better this past week. I think they need to win this uh, end the, the year on a positive note for the regular season. Uh, even though we got A&M now, they flopped those. Um but in-state rivalry game, uh, they always want to as big as ca- they can. So, I like us to win this one 31 to 10. All right, so hopefully that's the case. Hopefully we continue to make some steps forward and build something positive we can look forward to. And I think the biggest thing to me is what's crazy is this year, Tennessee, even if they win this game and lose A&M, they'll finish 3-7. and seven. But I think it's almost a certainty that Tennessee is going to go to a bowl You've already said South Carolina, or we've already talked about how South Carolina said they're not going. Vandy, if Tennessee beats them, will be winless. LSU has opted out of a bowl. Tennessee will have more wins than Mississippi State. And regardless of that, I mean, you'll have the bowl obligations for the league to fill. I think there's 11 openings this year, so if the three teams have already declared they're not going to go, I mean, there's Tennessee to be in one, which is crazy. Every bowl projection I've looked at has Tennessee going to a bowl. So that's just another crazy thing. But I think it could be good as far as developmental and maybe get another competitive opportunity for a lot of the freshmen and guys who are going to be back next year and play a key part to get a role, uh, to get another game under their belt. So I think it could just be a win-win either way, and I'm never going to turn down another Tennessee game. So that's cool to see. Obviously, not really wanting to ever go to a bowl with a losing record, but this year, just special circumstances. So hopefully they continue to take steps forward and uh, make little improvements week by week so we can uh, have something to talk about and some positive things to look forward to next season. Yeah, I think anytime you can get an extra game on your schedule uh, with bowl games and stuff is always a positive thing. Um, you know, this year is a little bit different, so everybody can – not really seniors unless they just decide to not come back next year. But, uh, you know, normally it's another game for seniors, so it's always good to see. But it's another game to work on stuff and progress, and especially the, the young guys that are getting reps and stuff. So, for us, it'll be very good to see for uh, – you know, our quarterbacks, um, 
Shroud to get some extra reps in and, um, you know, the, just the team in general to get extra reps, extra practices, um, just be real good to see. So see how it turns out. For sure. I'm looking forward to it. So hopefully it'll, uh, it'll go like we want it to this week. Oh yeah. You got anything else? No, nope. uh, I think that's it for me. All right, guys, that's all we got for this week. Tune in next time.